And I, I just had to let go. I had to sit down. I, I really prayed and thought it through and thought, what am I doing really? And is it really the most productive thing to be doing? And even, you know, when I would, you know, with my questions regarding my faith, you know, it's, it's like, well, am I really being the most productive or am I really meant to do something different? And I'm just kind of chasing everything else and missing it, you know? So I just, I, I changed my whole perspective and I just decided I needed to focus my energy, all my free time that I was having, which wasn't a lot, but every little bit of free time I could find, I was going to use that to learn how to be, you know, the musician I wanted to be. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, what's going on? I want to thank you for tuning in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. My name is Bree Noble, and I am pretty darn excited about the interview that I'm doing today. It is with my friend and student and accomplished musician, singer, songwriter, and lots of other things I didn't know about until I interviewed her, Kim Krennic. I know you're really going to enjoy this interview, and the reason that I'm doing it right now at this time of the year is because in the interview, she talks about a friend of mine that she took a course from, Michelle Lockie, and she learned all about music licensing and how to write music for film and TV, and now for Kim, this is her major focus. And so I thought this would be a great time to share this interview with you because I am about to do a live workshop with Michelle Lockie in a few days. It's happening on September 14th, Thursday of this week, and there's a couple times available. So if you have ever thought about learning about music licensing, if people have ever said to you, oh my gosh, your songs, they just belong on TV or they belong in a film, or I can imagine them along with this scene, or you've maybe watched a show and thought, oh, my songs would be perfect for this show, or you just really want to explore some other avenues of income as a musician other than just performing, this workshop will really give you an idea of what music licensing is all about from somebody who does it and has done it for several years and been successful. So if you want to join us, just go to femmusician.com slash music licensing. That's F is in female, E is an entrepreneur, musician.com slash music licensing. And you can sign up to get your uh, notifications as to when the workshop will be. And you can choose your time. And I'll be excited to see you there. I'll be manning the chat, hanging out with everybody as we're all learning from Michelle. And every time she does a workshop, I learn something new. So encourage you to go over to femmusician.com slash music licensing and sign up. And now let's hear from Kim Krennic all about her journey, her experience, and her journey into music licensing. Here is some info about Kim Krennic. Kim Krennic is an inspirational pop singer-songwriter and author from the San Francisco Bay Area. She has recently formed an indie rock duo with Jackson Jackson from the Portland area called Last August. Her focus these days is writing music for film, TV, and ads, and writing books while raising her four children. Wow, she's got a lot going on, and you are going to love to hear what she has to say on today's interview. All right, so that is a little bit about Kim Krennic. So Kim, is there anything about you that's maybe a little bit unique, quirky, something that's not in your bio that you want to tell our listeners? Hi. Um... Well, 
Let's see. My hair doesn't always look like it does in the picture there. <laughs> They're going to show people. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> I actually got a hair stylist to do that. And I wish I could like just have her live with me. <laughs> I have that same problem every time. So once every three months I go and I get my hair highlighted and cut and all this awesome stuff that's really expensive. Uh -huh. But my hairstylist can blow my hair out so it's completely straight. And I can't do it. Ever. So every once in a while, like every three months, you'll see me pop up on video with totally different hair. And then people start saying, oh my gosh, I love your hair. And I'm like, don't get used to it. I can't make it look like this. No, it costs a lot of money to make it look like that. It really does. It really does. And I saw something on your bio about how you like dirty leprechauns. Can you explain that? Oh gosh. I just, the mystery of that. I almost want to just leave it and let you imagine. <laughs> Sounds a little creepy. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe that's what I was, what I was going for that day because I was in one of my moods, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> no, actually dirty leprechauns are a drink that they make at oh, the local coffee shop. Okay. Yeah, and, and they're so yummy. They're like, you know, mint, like they're green and they have green whipped cream and it's our local coffee shop. I can plug it really quick. If you ever come to my town in Tracy, you're going to be able to taste, you got to go to baristas if you love coffee because they do make the best coffee around. It's really good. I'm a, I'm a coffee snob, so. Oh, me too. Okay, so if I'm ever driving from Modesto, which mm -hmm. I don't anymore because my mom doesn't actually live there, but if I'm driving from Modesto to the Bay Area, I'll be sure and stop at Baristas that has the Dirty Leprechauns. That sounds awesome. Yeah, come to the uh, Main Street Music Store right there and say hi to me. You probably oh, need something cool. anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll have to go, you know, be your delivery, coffee delivery. <laughs> yes, that sounds good. I usually just walk down and get my coffee there um, during a funny. break. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I may as well get this out of the way that Kim and I have actually met in person, which is very rare with people that I interview here. Um, we lived close enough to each other. I grew up in Modesto, which is probably about 30 minutes away from where she lives. And I sung at her church a couple of times. And so it's been awesome to then like get to re-know her online and it's fun to actually talk to somebody that I've actually seen in person, which is, <laughs> again, like it's so rare in these days of, of online interviewing and, and meeting people and students and all that stuff that I only meet virtually. It's fun to actually meet people in person. It's so true. So true. What a funny world we live in. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, you're real. Flesh and right. <laughs> Well, how did you get started in music? Um, you know, I started, I mean, I was just kind of born into loving music as a kid. I, I can't, I don't have a memory in my head that doesn't include it somewhere. I just, I mean, people tell me when I was a baby, I was singing, you know, in the sound of music, I was singing along, you know, one of those kind of kids. So I, I've just loved it all these years. But I think when I really started to allow myself to, um, you know, pursue it was when I was about 13 and I started going to church. Um, the church was really encouraging to, you know, they, they recognized that I had um, a talent at singing and, and my, my friend at the time who, who was my best friend, you know, as a kid, she sang, her family sang, and they taught me how to sing harmony. Everybody sang harmony in their family. So it was so much fun because, you know, we just sang together all the time and found this really neat, um, you know, that, that kindred spirit when you find another person who loves music and you can sing together, make music together, there's just a really special thing that happens. And that started when I was about 13. And then I just never, you know, never went backwards from that. I just couldn't stop after that. That's awesome. So did you grow up in Tracy area? I grew up over in the Bay area. So, you know, in uh, different towns too. over. You did too? I did. What, oh. what towns did you grow up in? I was like Danville was my okay. first town. And then okay. Clayton over there. I was, I feel like I've been around the mountain, you know, the Mount You're like Diablo. An East, yeah. East Bay, <laughs> Mount Diablo person. See, I was a totally. peninsula girl. Okay. Oh, I love it over there too. Yes. I worked in Millbrae. Where did mm -hmm. you grow up at? Redwood City. Oh yeah. Okay. And I lived there until eighth grade. So awesome. Yeah, my niece is a, is a CHP officer right now in Redwood City. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So watch out. <laughs> That's awesome. I had no idea you were a Bay Area girl. There's, there's something about, about Bay Area people. I think we just have a certain way of growing up. My husband and I both grew up there and it's just, I don't know, we just had the same like experience growing up, which is cool. 
It's true. Yeah. It's, it's funny how it's like that in areas. So when did you get into songwriting? That happened too at, at 13. It all kind of wow. happened at the same time. That's when I wrote my first song. I, I wrote it about my friend. She was moving away. And um, yeah, she was moving to a different state. And I felt like, I, I just, I don't know, it just came out. <laughs> just one day I was just writing, you know, how as songwriters, we just, you know, all of our feelings come out, you know, when we sit down at the instrument or just start singing or whatever. And so I was sitting at my piano and I really didn't know how to play the piano. I had just gotten it but I just found noises I like to make and I turned it into a song, you know, and before I knew, I knew it, I had a full song there. It wasn't very good. I'm sure if you look back at it, I, I wouldn't play it for anyone now, but it, right. was, it was good for her at the time. It was, it was all about her leaving and me sharing, you know, how much she meant to me. So. That's all. I, that's great. I mean, I think my first song was three chords, you know, over and right. over and again yes, but you know exactly. it's, you get your feet wet and you go this is kind of cool like I can create mm-hmm. something that wasn't here before yeah it's it's pretty fun <clears throat> so I didn't know that you had an acting career until I read your bio well, tell me how that started and it sounds like you worked at Disney and you worked on Lois and Clark yeah um yeah it I really kind of while I was soul searching trying to figure out who I was, you know, in my early twenties, um, I, I was trying, I, I really didn't allow myself to write songs or consider that I was writing them. I just didn't consider it for a career. I felt like everybody I knew, I mean, if you're from the Bay area, then you know that it's, especially at the time in the nineties, you know, this was in the nineties. Um, everybody was Silicon Valley, you know, uh-huh. it was like everything. And so you, you, you need a business career. You have to have a plan that includes a business plan, you know, and, and doing music is not realistic. It's like a dream. So don't think about that as your real plan, you know? And so I just couldn't figure out who I was because I, I couldn't, I tried the business thing and it just didn't work for me at all. It just was not my bend, you know? And so, um, so I found myself exploring acting. I think, um, I did some plays and I enjoyed it. I loved it. I was taking all, all of my uh, when I was in, you know, community college, my classes were all like, I did all the lower division acting classes. I even made it into the Boston conservatory. Mm. Um, wow. but I didn't go because I was dating a guy who wasn't really the best fit for me and he was distracting me wow. <laughs> so from life in general. And, and I just, it wasn't a good fit. And I knew that if I went there, it was going to be more about my heart kind of getting pulled and not really about who I was. So I was, I was soul searching. And so I, I chose instead to move down to Los Angeles. My aunt at the time was um, in the film industry and she had a place that she needed someone to kind of look after her cats. She was in Mexico a lot and she was, um, you know, had also had a full career like doing like producing for um, visual effects. So like she did worked on Batman forever and Mm. some films like that. And so um, she didn't really hook me up, you know, as an actress, because that's not really something she could have done. She she tried to get me in touch with some behind the scenes people, but they they met with me and they were really kind, but they would, were just saying, you know, it sounds like you really want to be an actress. And if you do this, you're not, you're going to go kind of in a different direction. So, um, so I, I pursued acting and I, I actually enjoyed living there for the short time I stayed there. And it was great. I got some jobs, but it was also like you either, you know, eat or you don't eat kind of thing. And it definitely wasn't stable. And I, I I guess I figured out that I wasn't committed enough to that dream. You know, like I didn't want to stick with it, like the long haul. And, you know, I I kept meeting all these, these other actors and, and they just, um, would talk about their stories. And the ones who were successful clearly just they were able to pull through the hardest times and stay with it. And I, I couldn't see that. Like all I saw was myself getting more grumpy living in mm-hmm. LA with the traffic. And I kept <laughs> dreaming of kids, you know, and going, I can't imagine raising kids here and you know, all these things. So I, I just kind of figured out that I didn't want to do that. But then I started writing songs, like pouring myself into music more as because I was there. And I, I, I was like, wow, 
why am I doing this? I feel like I should be writing songs, you know? <laughs> so it was kind of interesting. It was eye-opening to be down there. And Now, what year was this? I'm just curious. That was like 94, 95. Okay, because we could have totally, well, I lived in Orange County, but we could totally have met. I mean, I was, I, I moved down there in 94. Wow. And, you know, I was doing the same thing, like wanting to do music, but having no clue how to do it. Oh, writing music. Ask? I did not act. No, I would be a terrible actress, but I, you know, I, I can, I can see how, how you, you know, wanted to pursue that, but it's interesting that you, that you ended up pursuing music. Like none of these were the practical. Right. (laughs) Like, oh, acting's too hard. I think I'll do music. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's, it's definitely not my bend to uh, be the, uh, more practical time. (laughs) So what made you decide to move back from LA? Like, why didn't you just say, well, if I'm going to do music, I should stay here because there's a big music scene in LA and, and that. Well, you know, I didn't know the music scene of LA at all, but I knew everybody in the Bay area. You know, I'd grown up doing music, doing weddings and gigs all, all the time. Just from the time I was 14, I was pretty much getting weddings and all kinds of things started opening up. And um, so I knew like lots of people in the Bay Area and I felt like it was home, you know, in a sense, like maybe I should just go back there where I know all these musicians and I could, you know, just kind of you know, explore that more. But I also met my husband. And so that was a huge reason that I ended up moving back to Northern California is he uh, was pursuing me. He was living in Northern California because he had originally met me there. And I moved down and, and he would come and ask me out and go on dates with me. And, and we just, you know, we're finding that our, our long distance relationship could only go so far, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in order to really go to the next level, um, we needed to be close, but he had a full-time job. He was working for Panasonic at the time um, in the business world. He's a businessman. <laughs> Well, now he's a pastor, but he was a businessman. I know him as a pastor. <laughs> That's right. You do, yeah. No, he wasn't a pastor when I met him. He was he was in the business world. He was a vice president at the time um, of the marketing division mm. of at his company. And so, yeah, his life has changed quite a bit since then. But definitely, wow, you guys both <laughs> yeah. pursued interesting passion. So. I- the first time that you came onto my radar, I remember, was on um, on Indie Heaven. You were, I think, having some some great success as a, as a Christian contemporary artist. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you know how all that started, how you made your first album, and I saw on your bio, your bio too that you have some pretty interesting tour experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the first tour I I went on was with a group called Continental Singers. Oh yeah. I remember them. Yeah. I remember them. So yeah, you audition for them and you know, and then you, you get, when you're a part of them, you get to travel, you, you work every day you have one day off a week. It's pretty diehard. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's not a relaxing tour at all. It's, it's, you know, in my particular group, um, our director was really strict about, um, not itching your face, you know, um, not coughing. I mean, so <laughs> we worked like, for three months straight, I believe it was about three, two months, something like that. You know, every day, sometimes two to three concerts a day. Wow. And, and I had walking pneumonia while I was there, actually. Wow. So, yeah, that was, it was such an interesting tour. I mean, I was like, oh, and, and then you're singing song, songs I personally didn't even care for. It mm-hmm. wasn't my style. I was just, you know, on this tour, but I'm singing Sandy Patty songs, you know, and, and I yes. liked, you know, Leslie Phillips at the time, who <laughs> was the, like the, the rock artist of the rebel Christian rock artist that <laughs> but <laughs> back then, back in the day. But um, yeah, so, or, you know, I, who, who else did I like? Steve um, Taylor. He was oh, yeah. kind of funky, fun. But yeah, so, so this was different. And then, you know, hand motions, like, you know, the big jazz hands and all that Oh my stuff. goodness. <laughs> That does not seem like you. <laughs> it was not me, but it was funny. It was very funny to think back on that one. Um, so yeah, that that was a you know great experience. I mean, I I, I learned a lot about a lot. <laughs> I missed mm-hmm. the bus once. Oh oh man, you could not miss your bus. Oh no, I missed my four a.m. one <laughs> one time the four a.m. bus call, and oh they left without me. They went off <gasps> to the next city. <laughs> 
my gosh. But I was so fortunate because the, the host family that was, I was staying with host families this whole summer and this family, um, he, the guy had been on tour with the Continentals. So he totally got it. He, he was like, <laughs> he drove me two hours to the next oh gig. Wow. I was like, you're so awesome. See, I still haven't forgotten that. I was like right. 17. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll never forget him. And I, I really, I really won't. So yeah, <laughs> I never missed a, a call again though. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> brutal. Well, right. how did you get into making your own album? That happened later. That happened after I got married. And um, I was like 29 when I finally decided to just, you know, try it. And hey, I think I, I made mine a 33. So you were. Oh, ahead of yeah. Okay. Well, good. We're on the same track here. Yep. <laughs> I like it. I like our track. It's fun. Um, yeah. So, so I was 29. I think when I start, I don't know. I, yeah, it was released when I was 29, I think. But it's, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I didn't really know whether the songs were good or not good. You know what I mean? I, I didn't know. I had never really had feedback on my music. Right. Good feedback. So that was my first time, and it was just this funky experience. I really, you know, working with, I worked with one producer on four songs, another producer on four songs, so it, the whole album sounds very, like, it's interesting for sure, but it's eclectic. not, yes, it's very eclectic. You know, you've got some progressive rock, because, like, the guy that I worked with, um, part of it is a total progressive rocker, you know, and then you've got, like, this other side of it that's more like sixpence none the richer <laughs> so it's kind of funny but yeah and was, was that done in Nashville or were you doing it between two cities that was here in the Bay Area okay. yeah so yeah it and then just local guys you made a friends. second album right yeah the second one was here too okay and um that was fun that was um a bunch of people fr that I was on a worship team with um I asked them to like play with me live so we did live concerts mm. and um we did originals but we would also do cover songs and we did a lot of worship songs at the time so we did some covers of like Jesus lover of my soul and you know stuff like that kind of our own take on those and then if there's a few originals with a very a variety of singers so that was fun <clears throat> that's awesome so at some point you decided to take a break from all this and have kids and I remember when you came back and you actually joined the Female Musician Academy, you said to me, like, I, I took this hiatus and I feel like everything has changed while I was <laughs> gone in the industry. So what do you think was different? Wow. It, it, it is like night and day different today than it was before, <laughs> before a BK or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, BK. Before kids, yes. Yeah, I really had, I did have kids while I was well, I did my second and third album. I was, I remember I was pregnant with my second child. No, I was pregnant with my second child during my third album. Mm. So um, my third album was in Nashville. And so that album was the first time I started to get things right in the sense of like commercially, like right in the Christian world, commercially. I got things right in the sense of working with a really great producer, you know, figured that one out. Um, and getting the right songs. He challenged me to write 40 songs. We picked three, you know, so it was, it was really, and then I did a co-write, which was a really good experience. I had never done that either with uh, professionals, you know, that were in the industry there in Nashville. Right. So that was a great experience because I learned a lot from that. But again, the, the industry was, was about to transition right then. And yeah, what, what um, year was that? I w oh, when was that? 2005. Was 2005. Yeah, yeah, it was 2005 because my daughter, I should remember, I was pregnant. <laughs> so yeah, it was 2005. And everything just changed, you know, and, and I, the album um, was really strong. That was The Lion, you know, and the three songs were really strong. Again, producer is the one that really helped that to happen. And, um, and so, yeah, that, like you said, the success that was happening came after that album, that those couple of years, and I was staying on the pulse of it until my third child mm -hmm. <laughs> and child number you. three, <laughs> you changed the whole thing. <laughs> so, you know, do you have, how many do you have? Do you have I have two. 
Two oh, okay. <laughs> two, yeah. No, two was, he, child number three is a blessing in every way, but he was a surprise. He was right. not a planned thing, you know? <laughs> and so um, I, we call him our Aruba surprise because we went on our 10-year anniversary uh-huh. to Aruba <laughs> and that's where he was conceived. That's funny. <laughs> we call him an Aruba baby. So he thinks he was born in Aruba when, when we tell him this story. He's like, I'm from Aruba. <laughs> I'm like, no, not quite. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so the whole industry did, it changed. And, and when I came back, it was like, um, it was like, you know, indie artists are actually, wow, it's okay to be an indie artist now. You're not mm-hmm. like this obscure thing that nobody's really going to listen to you, you know, but it's, it's actually, it's better to be an indie artist for so many reasons. So you know, that the labels are dying down, you know, they're only picking 12 year olds that they can, you know, basically <laughs> turn into what they want it, them to yep. be mindless, you know, <laughs> kind of thing, hoping that they're mindless. And, you know, the rest of the world is figuring out how to do music. You know, everybody's getting their own, you know, da and all these things. So it's, it's just, everything changed. And, and, um, and I'm just so thankful that I, I kind of got in into it again figuring this out, not trying to do the same old thing. And that might've been a lot of your awesome podcasts I was listening to. Just, I mean, I I was like absorbing everything that you were sending during that time. Oh, thank Um, you. Well, you were were one of the founding (laughs) members of the Academy in 2015. And I'm, I was curious why you, I mean, you were like seriously one of the first, it may be the second person to join, you know? And I was curious, like, what were you needing at that point? Yeah, I I was just figuring out that I was at this place in my life where it's like a, a bit of a midlife crisis, you know, where I was like, what am I doing? You know, what have I been doing all these years? And how am I, am I going to spend the rest of my life? Am I going to continue trying to fill holes of all these things that are needed that I'm not really that good at? Because that's pretty much what I was doing. <clears throat> I was doing a lot of graphics design at the time, actually. I was I was like for our church. And that was taking a lot of my time. And I, and I was listening to some of your podcasts going, why am I filling my time with this? I mean, I could be doing the same kind of stuff, working on things that I'm really passionate about. And I, I just had to let go. I had to sit down. I, I really prayed and thought it through and thought, what am I doing really? And is it really the most productive thing to be doing? And even, you know, when I would, you know, with my questions, regarding my faith, you know, it's, it's like, well, am I really being the most productive or am I really meant to do something different? And I'm just kind of chasing everything else and missing it, you know? So I just, I, I changed my whole perspective and I just decided I needed to focus my energy, all my free time that I was having, which wasn't a lot, but every little bit of free time I could find, I was going to use that to learn how to be, you know, the musician I wanted to be to learn how to produce, mm-hmm. to learn how to do stuff. I didn't, I didn't know how to use GarageBand very well. Um, and I wasn't, I, I just, I mean, I think back, I'm like, wow, I really have learned a lot in the last like two years since, since your academy. Um, it's just been like a whole, like being in school all over again. Yep. It is. It is, isn't it? And I know yeah. that you, you know, you were in the academy, you were learning all kinds of stuff about social media and marketing and and all that stuff. And then you happened upon, well, you didn't happen upon, I introduced you to <laughs> Michelle Lockie, who yeah. uh, has a, a music licensing course, and you decided to join that. And I think you just really got excited about that right away. And I thought it was interesting when I read in your bio that you had acting experience, because now <laughs> together like, yes. oh, like yeah. getting the full picture. And, you know, she always kind of wanted to be an actress a little bit, and now she can have kind of her, her foot in film and television in a different way. You are so, you nailed that. And I didn't even know it about myself. I just kind of thought, oh, that acting thing was fine. And it's helped me to be director, you know, at my church or different things I was going to do. But I did not realize how, I mean, my family, I have a lot of, not just my aunt, but there's other people in my family that are in in the film industry. And I I think it's in my blood, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it feels like home to me to like, when, when I, yeah, Michelle's class was just a blast. You know, she'd have us writing to pictures, you know, like writing to a scene with the sound down, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so what I was made to do, you know? And it, it just, 
came to life for me. And um, I, I just, music is, is so much more fun now than it ever was. I That's so cool that you, you kind of found your niche and, you know, thank goodness that you took Michelle's course. So you, um, what would you say, like, it just so happens that right about now, you know, I'm going to be introducing my audience again to her course because she, she runs it live, I think once a year. And so I would love to know like what, what you would say about her course. What would you tell people that are thinking about maybe getting into music licensing and why Michelle is a great, a great way to learn? Yeah. Michelle um, is someone who she's, she's definitely like, she started really from the ground up and, and that was only maybe six or seven years ago. So she's giving you fresh information. that's very current on the pulse and she's giving you, giving it to you in it, like as she's learning it sometimes. So you feel like, wow, she's doing this too. And she's actually successful. So there is hope for me. You know, I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of person Michelle is. She's not like, it's too far. I could never reach that dream. I could never be her. She's more like, she's really, she keeps it real. And she's honest about her own struggles too, which I think we need to hear that because I, every artist I know just really struggles. We struggle with depression. We struggle with feeling like we're not enough and all these things. And, you know, she, um, if she's struggling with it, she, she tackles that. She talks about it. And she also talks about organization and has a lot of tools, just as you do, actually. Both of you have been really great at just helping us get organized. You know, that's so important for us. I mean, organization is everything. You know, I'm, I'm telling my high schooler, I, I find it just started high school, which me too. Me oh, oh my gosh. We're on the same path. We're like oh. the same person. <laughs> it's, it's frightening. It is. Um, <laughs> it's literally frightening. I mean, this morning we got a call from the school, sorry to sidetrack, but we got a call from the school this morning saying there was a threat last night, but the police Whoa. dealt with it. And so they're going to go to school and classes will resume as normal. And I'm like, what? <laughs> really? This wow. is the day and age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that was my day this morning, just going, <laughs> wow. wow, do I really want to send him to school? But then if he misses school, he's way far behind because. Uh-huh. She so yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that distracted my head, didn't it? That's funny. No, I'm, oh. I'm totally in that space right now with a new high schooler. It's like every day I hear information after school, like a flood of information. And I'm like, what? What? Oh my God. You're like, what am I doing? I know. But I, but I already tried homeschooling and I know that that just will destroy you. So uh, yeah, I did, that. I did that last year and it I did was too. fun. But oh, how funny. We are on the same track. You did it in eighth grade? I did. So did I. <laughs> I did the same thing. And then I'm like, well, I just put him in a school with 2,500 kids. I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I it was you always the thing. plan, but oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. I'm glad that I don't know about you, but I'm very glad that I had him home last year with me just to have that time with him. Yeah, I think it worked out really well, and I think she's really well prepared. But, um, yeah, it's it's a hard thing to – so you – I didn't realize you had a homeschooler. While you were trying to, you know, do all this writing for film and TV, like how did you organize that? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I did the best job. He was, he was in, a, um, in a really cool course called Classical Conversations. Oh, okay. And, I've heard of yeah. that. Yeah. So he would meet once a week with, and so he had a lot of accountability that way. So that helped a lot. And he thrived in most of what they did. The only thing he fell behind was math. But we're Oh my gosh. Me too. I was teaching math. That was the only thing I had to teach. Oh, <laughs> wow. Math is hard. That's the only it's thing hard. that I had to teach and I don't teach it well. So I, I'm like, you know what? You're just going to go to this thing called, it's called Mathanasium. So uh, he's been, he's been there. We've been catching him up and, you know. I'm good at math and I'm like, I don't understand what they're saying. Like, I know how to do this problem, but not the way they're telling me to do it. No. Yeah. The core method is different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the long way around or something. I don't know. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, so how, you know, after you learned all this stuff in Michelle's course, what have you been doing with that? As far as I know, you've started a duo and you're, um, you're writing a lot of music for film and TV. Like what kind of pitching are you doing? What kind of you know, songs are you writing for, for what kind of shows? Oh, cool. Yeah, that's a good question. This morning I was just doing research before I remembered that we had an interview. <laughs> You're not supposed to give that away. You knew it. You were showing <laughs> Oh, I knew. I'm so on top of it. I am so organized. I never, ever lose my keys. I never lose my phone. 
<laughs> and I don't lie. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I think our, so like last August, my, the duo I'm with, with Jackson, Jackson, who's a friend who I, who actually knew he's from the Bay Area too, but he moved up to Vancouver, Washington, but we just say Portland because no one knows that there's a Vancouver in Washington. I don't That's I don't true. Know, it's funny. So yeah, right across the bridge from Portland. So anyway, yeah, he's up there now. And so we do everything long distance and, um, he does everything I don't do, which is so cool. He produces extremely great producer. Um, and he also plays like, you know, guitar, drums, bass, all that good stuff. And then I play keyboards and sing. So it's a nice, you know, match that way. And then our song style is like indie rock blues kind of is where we're finding. Yeah, which we, is, we, I was so surprised yeah. by that actually, because I, I knew you from your other music. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is totally different, but I love it. It is different. That's what's so cool about teaming up with people, you know, collaborations. Is, it's just amazing what you might come up with. Mm. So um, anyway, yeah, so this has been fun. I didn't know, neither of us knew what direction our music was going to go. We both had the same goal, which was right for sync, you know, licensing. And, and we wanted that, but neither of us really knew what our sound would be when we started doing it. And, and then it kind of started to morph and become this. And we're like, you know what? I think this is us. You know, this feels mm. right. When we do this, we both love it. Um, it goes back to our roots, you know, and music, we both have the same interests, like a lot of the same influences. So that was fun, you know, just getting that. But, you know, we, we do, we work whenever we can. And sometimes we slam out a whole bunch of stuff if we have time, but if not, he's got a very whole nother life up there writing books and doing his thing. <clears throat> so, and then, uh, you know, I've got a whole nother life here. So we, when we work together, that's kind of the style we write in. <clears throat> And then I'm also collaborating with a whole lot of other people that I've met through first Michelle and then also this other um, class. I'm, I'm a part of this group, um, Kathy Heller. Um, you know, she has her ad, you know, writing for ads. Writing for ads, right. Right. And she also does film TV. You know, she's a licensed, she's an agent, a licensing agent. So um, with, with that group of people, and Michelle's in there too, um, we just collaborate with one another. We find people to work with. And so the music, you know, it kind of takes on a life of its own, depending on who you're working with. Um, so it's, it's been really fun. So pretty much where, where I tend to write, though, is, is like pop, indie pop, and then rock, you know, blues, and then country. I'm exploring it, but there's not much available. Like, you, there's not a lot of places to pitch for country music. Ah, huh. unless it's Nashville. I mean, I don't know if there's another show on TV besides Nashville, but there's just not much out there that's country, which is sad, you know, in a way, because country music is brilliant. And the, the writers, you know, who write country are really, you know, they, they really have a, um, a gift and a, an ability that, you know, it takes more, you know, to write country for sure. Yes. So, yeah, so it's, it's been interesting, you know, doing that and, and, just writing with the different people. Um, but yeah. And so the, the licensing agents that I've been working with so far are crucial music. They've pitched quite a few of our stuff and, um, another person I met through Kathy and Michelle, you know, has people that she, you know, has referred us to or, or not referred us, but like introduced us to these different, you know, companies. And then we go out and pursue and see who takes it, you know, kind of thing. And that's, that's yes. pretty much what we've been doing. It's like they either accept your music or they don't, you know. And, and so like with Crucial, they've rejected like three, you know, songs I've sent them. But they've, you know, accepted now about eight songs. So, you know, I'm building the catalog with them. And, um, and just finding more and more as I stick with it. I'm meeting more people all the time. I'm meeting music supervisors and, you know, getting great responses all around. I haven't had any placement yet, but I've definitely had a lot of people that are now, you know, pitching the music. So you've got um, a lot of uh, things in the pipeline and irons in the fire and stuff out there that something's going to pop any minute, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'll, you'll be hearing about it first. I'm sure I I'll, post it, I'll post it on the site <laughs> right, <laughs> with right. you guys. <laughs> Have you explored music libraries much? Yeah, that when I first got into it, I was just trying to figure it all out, you know, and Michelle was helping with that. So music libraries, um, 
I'm, I'm focusing more on the boutique libraries now, right? but I, I do have some stuff with song trader. Um, have you, have you heard of them? I've heard of them. I haven't, I haven't used them. Like what, the one that I use, and I don't even know if you call this a library, but like, like audio sparks, like I still get random checks from them every quarter from something I did seven years ago, you know? Cool. Okay. cool about licensing. Yeah. Is that a large library? Um, it's kind of like an, it's kind of like an open library. It's not really a library. It's more like a, a site where people can go and find stuff and license it. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. So yeah, I've, I think like I have something in something called music, music supervisor or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of an open one like that too. I mm-hmm. just haven't seen any, re- I haven't seen anything yet in those. Right. Whereas I, I see like more crucial, um, tends to be more you know, they, they communicate like what they're. Yeah. It's nice pitching. with them that they, you get some feedback. Yeah. And same with the other agent. I'm just, I have stuff with a couple of non-exclusive agents and then Kathy too. She has one song so far that um, is in her like library, you know, right. Of non-exclusive things. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm believing that it's a matter of time and just staying with it, you know, Yeah, I think, I mean, Michelle always talks about a five-year plan and it's really true. Like you just, as she says, like send it out, forget about it, repeat, like, and then, you know, a year later or even like six months later, all of a sudden you'll hear, you'll get money, you'll hear something, you, you know, and if you do that enough and you've got a million things in the pipeline and money's coming in consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the goal. I mean, it's it's like, if you love it, why not just stick with it. You know, that's, that's what I've figured out. It's like, I love doing this. I wouldn't not do it anyway. It's just that's that now exactly I'm- what I say. <laughs> like, you know, someone says that they, they're thinking of quitting and I'm like, okay, but what's your life going to be like without this? Like, I understand yeah. that you're frustrated and, but if you give up music, and I remember when I had my, my, I think it was my first child and I had been performing a lot before I had her. And then I was like, no, I just can't do this. I need to focus on the baby. I lasted six weeks. <laughs> I was exactly. like, I'm so bored. <laughs> I need to, I need to like unleash this creative part of myself again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a different kind of a brain that we have. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we just, if we're not doing it, there's like the part of us, it goes a little insane, I think. So it, I mean, I, I at least for, that's my own experience. I, I can't, I've never been able to not do music. I just feel like now I'm doing it with a much more focus and I'm not spinning my wheels, you know, just doing it or just playing around on stuff and writing songs that I'm never going to show anyone. You know, it's, it's like now when I start to write a song with a co-writer, I know that it's, it's got a purpose. It's going to go somewhere, you know? So yeah, and it's not just you, you know, holding the reins to that song. Like there's somebody else also out there working hard to pitch it and, I think exactly. that's what's great about co-writers. Like it's not just you in the driver's seat. You guys can both go in different directions, try, try as hard as you can to get something to happen with it. And maybe one of you will succeed. Yeah. That's, that's another thing that I didn't even, I didn't, I don't think I thought about that before doing all of this, but that's exactly what you said. I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. We're, we're all working this song, you know, from our, with our different connections at right. this point. And it really expands um, your network. It does. It's neat. I mean, just, you know, I, th- I heard yesterday, I, I think it was Kathy had said something on one of her podcasts. She said, you know, sometimes you need to take that one step. And then before you know it, you've taken nine more without even thinking about it, just because you took the one or the two steps. And yep. it's really true with, with anything. And it's funny. Cause I mean, I think, I think, didn't you interview Kathy too at one time? I did. And you guys are a lot alike too. Like a lot yeah. of the things you guys say are so similar. And I think you've said that. I feel like I've heard that from you. Definitely. Um, it's, it's so true, you know, and then, you know, just back to the organization. Organization's just huge. In this oh, thing. especially with licensing because you've got to keep track of your whole catalog and know who's looked at what and, you know, and if things exactly. are exclusive or not. And, you know, it's, there's a lot going on there um, that you have to keep track of. So organization is big. Yeah, it is, but it's good. It's, it's really good. And there's so many tools now that we have with, you know, computers that it's just amazing what we, what we're able to do. You know, I just did something in an Excel spreadsheet this morning, you know, 
just, you know, doing my research and I'm like, wow, you know, it's pretty cool because you're, you know, as I'm doing research for, for TV, for instance, I was making a TV Spotify list and just putting, connecting dots going, wow. You know, and I, I feel like this is amateur to someone who's been doing this for a while. But for me, my eyes were opening. I'm like, wow, look at this show. It's, it's like totally this style of music pretty much all the time. And it's like the characters are singing the songs, you know, like they're writing for the character. You can feel right. that. You can feel how much it fits with that character, that this is the kind of music these characters would like, you know. And so that's been kind of interesting to connect those dots even just today. Um, as I was doing some research on TV shows and then, you know, the themes that they're writing on and things like that. But those things, I'm, I'm just putting it all in a, an Excel spreadsheet and, you know, and then I'm actually going to share it with um, one of our private groups. We have, we have like a research group. Mm-hmm. So we all share with each other what we've discovered That's and cool. it's really cool because yeah, again, like you said, you know, we're, when we're collaborating with people and we start working together like the resources that we can come up with are huge. I mean, mega huge, you know? I know. And you don't have this like competitive thing going on. People are sharing information. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. (laughs) It is. is. And that's, I mean, that's again, like why I created the Academy because I want a place where people can support each other like that and not feeling like all artists are competition. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Or just like where I was stuck, I was stuck in this place right before I decided to change my perspective and get off my butt. You know, <laughs> I, I was in a place where my mindset for too long was like, um, I'll never be that, you know, I just look at them and go, well, I'll never be that. Or they've already got that. They've already got me over there. She's just like me. And right. I need to do that now because I, I mean, she's already doing it. So I don't really have a purpose doing that. It's just, I'm just going to sing my songs privately. No one will hear them because I'm just, you know, I have no purpose. You know, that, that whole mentality is just so, it's just so sad. You're just shooting yourself. You know? And so I'm just, you know, I, I just don't let myself go there. I, ever since I started with you, I, I was like, I'm not going to let myself go there anymore. You know, and, and just having your, like your podcasts and anything that's like that filling my mind instead mm-hmm. of the other stuff, the self-defeating lies, you know, that I was prey to. I think it's um, so easy for any of us to get into that. I mean, I could easily say, you know, well, you know, these other people, uh, you know, Rick Barker or Dave Kuzik or any of those people, they're already doing this. Why should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm reaching people that they won't because certain people resonate with what I'm saying or the way I'm saying it. And it's the same thing with, with performers. It totally is true. I mean, I, I look at that even with like, like um, Michelle and Kathy right. are both doing sort of the same thing, but very different. I mean, total polar opposites in personality because mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. Michelle who's like the five-year plan and she's more like kind she's of realistic. Yeah. I mean, not that Kathy's, Kathy is realistic, but she's more like the, the, Tony Robbins, you know, she's like Tony Robbins, (laughs) you know, and, and she's like that trainer that you need, you know, to work out. She's totally that person. Whereas Michelle's like, you're going to grab you by the hand and like, say, come on, we can do this together. Like she's in it with you. She gets in the Mm. dirt with you is how I feel with her. That's awesome. So they're just two different ways. And also Michelle's more, you know, film TV focused, whereas Kathy kind of, she knows the ad world and she has lots of relationships with people in the ad world. So they're so different in that way, but I'm so thankful for both of them. Like they mm. both have changed my life and, and you, you know, you all have a way of, of saying something that, you know, I, I, it's life-changing truly huh. for people like us who need that, you know, that's, it's like, wow, thank God for you. <laughs> thank wow. God for every one of you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. After two and a half years almost of doing this, it's, it's great to like, you know, it's just like my husband being a professor. He, He's like, you know, when he gets the notes from the students, that is the best day. You know, it's all so I love it. Thank you so much for that. Now, let our listeners know how people can find you and your music now that they know all about who you are. I'm sure they want to listen to what you sound like. All right. Well, you can go to my website. That is the best place to find my music. Um, If you want to hear the Kim Krennic stuff, which is more like indie pop inspirational stuff. Um, it's www 
dot k i m k r e n i k dot com. And then um, last August, we have our own music website as well, and that's lastaugust.com. That's and then cool. I also that, have there's nobody else so. called last August. So you got that one. Yay. I know I had to do research on that to make sure. I also have a, a book that I released and I'm writing more. I'm in the process of writing some more. I'll just plug that really quick. I haven't, the first book I released is a devotional. Um, and, but the ones to come are fiction and they're, oh, wow. they're going to be a adventure series and it's for young adults. So I'm really excited about that. I'm kind of in the middle of one right now. And I have my daughter who is, 12, giving me a lot of feedback. It's a choose your own adventure. (laughs) Wow. And then when it's done, you can turn it into a TV series and you can (laughs) write the music for it. (laughs) There you go. And you can act in it and you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm never going to be the Kenneth Brunnig of the (laughs) industry. Not I've, I've watched him and I love him. He's like one of my favorite actors, Mm. but, but I'm like, that's not me. I, I don't want to do that. I did that as a pastor's wife for a while, and I kind of learned my lesson when I was in my 30s. Yep. <laughs> Let everyone else do that. I just sit back and direct. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, thank you so much. This has been so great to just, number one, like I got to know a lot of things about you I didn't know, and I didn't realize we had so many crossing paths kind of in Amazing, the yeah. way our lives have gone. But um, just getting to know like your journey and the inspiration that you are, I think, as far as the film and TV that you're doing now and how you've really found your niche. So I encourage everybody listening, like, you know, try some different things out, take some different courses, see what resonates with you, you know, because if had Kim never taken Michelle's course, she never would have known. So, so, you know, be well-rounded, try stuff out, just like we do with our kids, make them take every kind of sport and every kind of, you know, piano lessons and all those things to see what fits and what they're good at. So make sure you do that with yourself in the music industry too. You may come across something that you really get excited about. So thanks so much, Kim, for being with us. And I really appreciate your information for our listeners today. Thank you, Bree. Thanks so much for having me. Such a privilege. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.